Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Decal Download Podcast, your source for the latest news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. With Commissioner Amy Jacobs, I'm Reg Griffin. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week. You can always find us at decal.ga.gov or on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and more. Well, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, Georgia has received over $2 billion in federal money to help stabilize the childcare industry, increase access to high-quality childcare for all families of young children, and support the state's early childhood education workforce. That money comes from the Federal Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act and from the American Rescue Plan Act. And Commissioner, you recently announced plans for spending the remaining $400 million in a list of projects supporting child care providers, the ECE workforce, families, and other groups. Now, this is a lot to cover for our listeners, so we're going to break these up into three different podcasts, today focusing on projects supporting families. Yeah, and today we're going to talk to Elisabetta about the projects we just announced uh, that support and continue to support families of young children, especially those that are receiving our CAP, a CAP scholarship. And you're right, it's a lot of projects. I think it's 19 in total, and I know everyone is eager to learn more about each and every one of them. And so a podcast is a great way to start that, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, more information to come on all 19 projects. Going to be a lot to talk about, so we're going to break this up over three. And joining us to discuss our plans for supporting families is Elizabeth Casper, Deputy Commissioner for Federal Programs. Elizabeth, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Now, Commissioner, before we talk with Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about this plan overall. How was it put together? How you got feedback from employees, advocates, and others? Well, Reg, as you mentioned earlier, we received over $2 billion from the federal government to uh, help stabilize child care, support families and the workforce all at the same time since they'd all been impacted uh, by COVID. And, you know, it's a lot of money. And so we wanted to really think strategic and be very careful and intentional about how we uh, developed programs to spend the money. And so we spent some time and worked with an organization called Urban Institute, and they did a uh, very comprehensive stakeholder engagement uh, with our own staff, with child care providers, the workforce, and families, either through surveys or focus groups. And then they were able to uh, provide us with a report with a number of recommendations, which then we took those recommendations um, and, uh, and uh, created programs that we hoped um, address those recommendations as much as they could, you know, also keeping in mind the federal requirements and just the ability that we have here at DECAL to implement these projects as well. I mean, when you're doing something like this, you could go with kind of a gut reaction or what you might have heard anecdotally. This is really data driven, as we like to say. This is data driven. Absolutely. You're, and you're right. We could, you know, we could go on what we hear from one or two providers, but let's let's be honest. There are 4,500 providers all over the state, centers and, and family child care learning homes. Um, there are teachers that we don't hear from on a regular basis and then families. And so it was really important for us to kind of have that independent uh, view of what they were thinking and what their needs were. And I think we've done a good job of trying to address those as much as we can. So, Elizabeth, there's a lot of good news for families in this plan. Let's start with the expansion of access, awarding child care education scholarship supplements. That's going to be expanded through September 2023. Tell us what that means. 
Yeah, we're very, very um, excited about this and um, think that we've gotten a lot of great feedback from families on how helpful it has been. So we're very excited that we're getting to extend it by an extra year. Um, it basically pays the difference between what a child care provider charges and what our CAPS base rate is. So typically we pay CAPS base rates, but with the access initiative, we're paying that difference. In, and that also includes the family's fee. So it helps relieve the burden for families of paying for childcare so that they can direct those resources somewhere else um, in these times that have hit everybody pretty hard. So we're excited to be able to extend it by a year. Yeah, I was gonna say access was scheduled to run through this fall and now it will be going another year. So folks have that level of, of security that that's, that's covered for them. That's correct. Well, Elizabeth, can you explain a little bit more to our listeners the difference between the family fee and the rate differential? Sure, sure. So the child care provider charges an amount every, every week usually. And there is an amount that CAPS pays that are, are called our base rates. And then there is a family fee that's figured as well for a family based on their income through CAPS. And then there is sometimes a difference in addition to that, that between the amount that the center or the family child care provider charges and the amount that um, typically CAPS would pay. So the differential is that difference and the family fee um, is the part that the family pays of the CAPS rate. Okay, so our first big headline, access expanded through September 2023. Something new in the spending plan is the CAP student parent two-gen pilot, something we will be doing with the Technical College System of Georgia. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, we're also really excited about this project. So um, we recently added student parents as a priority group back in uh, May of this year. And um, we want to do a pilot where we place staff um, as uh, partly on campuses of TCSG or in other areas that are served by other programs. TCSG operates like the workforce program and um, and adult education and make these uh, caps more accessible to those folks. And so that might mean that we literally have some staff that visit those campuses to meet in person if students, that would be helpful to students and to help them navigate through the caps process of becoming um, approved and then, uh, and helping them know what they need to collect, just basically helping them through the process, making it as easy as possible. And then in addition to that, we wanna provide some wraparound services um, using our family center coaching model, as well as our new find help um, resource and referral portal. And um, that would be to help connect those student parents with other services that they may be eligible for should they want um, to pursue those as well. And the whole goal behind all of this is to help them with their educational attainment, whatever, whether they're going for a GED in adult ed, or whether they're going for an associate's degree through TCSG, either way that we would help them um, to relieve the burden of childcare and then connect with other resources so that they would be able to meet that goal. Well, we recently launched something called Find Help Georgia that uh, you mentioned briefly, which plays a big part in this new initiative, but it's also something anyone can use. So tell us how that works. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. We um, currently, somebody can go online right now to find Help Georgia and um, be able to access uh, services um, or resort, find resources. Eventually we will have a referral um, piece to that where we will be able to um, track uh, even referrals to help make sure that people get the help that they have requested or that they need. Um, but the resources are everything from um, food banks and for things that might address food insecurity to housing, to health, to mental health, to, um, of course, childcare as well. So um, all of these different services can be accessed in one place. And we are working on partnering with other Georgia agencies as well as organizations to um, have one place that people can go to be able to find all this information rather than depending on who you're talking to, having to go to different places. That's the goal. And where do they find Find Help Georgia? What's the address? Um, families can get to the Find Help Georgia website by going to www.findhelpga.org. Elizabeth, the plan also calls for a CAPS research project that focuses on the family perspective, both those who are receiving CAPS and interestingly enough, those who applied but were denied. Uh, That's interesting to me. Tell us more about that project. Yeah, we felt like in order to learn more about how people access CAPS, you have to look at the people who don't access CAPS or the people who are in CAPS and leave um, to look at the reasons why. And so this research is to um, look at three different groups of families, families who currently are receiving CAPS scholarships, families who apply for CAPS and are denied, as you mentioned, and then families who were receiving um, CAPS and who are denied at renewal or who don't renew for some other reason so that we can learn a lot more about that and understand if there are further barriers that we may be able to remove to give greater access to high quality early care and learning. And, and you know, it's so important for us to learn this from families. We did it, as you remember, Elizabeth, before the big CAPS transition back in 2017. And it really helped us as we created and transformed, as we like to call it, you know, the CAPS program. And so it's really beneficial to hear directly from families. Anything else that we hope to learn from this research project when we focus specifically on families? Um, I think that just learning more about the people that we serve in order to better serve them. I know that that sounds really probably simplistic, but the more that we know um, about what their needs are and about what their circumstances are, the better we may be able to position ourselves to serve the clients that are applying. Yeah, and I think a big part of that too is how we best communicate with them because I know we've had a lot of a lot of conversations about is it email, is it snail mail, is it text message, and y'all have tried all of it, right? And so um, I think just learning even more directly from them on how is the best way for us to get in contact with you. So specifically at renewal, you know, we haven't missed some type of communication loop. So I think that'll be interesting to learn. And they all may have different preferences, which will be challenging as we think about, you know, the 60,000 families that we serve and many, many more apply every year. So, yeah, definitely. We're going to pull all that together. It should be very interesting. Um, And I guess we'll be reporting back to folks that might be interested in this at some future time to kind of give them some of the things we learned. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that we will. I don't have all of our timelines um, here, but I think that probably it's going to take some time because mm -hmm. we're going to have to do um, some probably various approaches to how we gain that information that we just talked about um, and do it in a way that is methodical and, um, you know, work with an outside person or, or group to help us with the, that research project. But um, I'm sure that, you know, once it's finished, we will definitely be communicating what the results are. Yeah. And I think with a lot of the funding that's been coming down from the federal government, we're looking for opportunities that we can seize upon uh, here that are unique opportunities to gather information like this. And uh, as the commissioner said, 2017, the last opportunity we had, here's another. We think we'll learn a lot and it will help us in serving families and children uh, going forward. Commissioner, we've covered several of the projects supporting families in the plan, and we have other podcasts planned to cover the other areas. But briefly, what does the rest of the plan entail? Who are we looking at here specifically? Uh, so a big part of the plan uh, supports our child care providers. And um, there are things that you'll hear about, like $80 million in health and safety grants, um, quality rated restoration grants as folks go through the quality rated process. Um, and then you'll hear a lot about projects that support the workforce. We know that the workforce, um, there are definitely challenges that providers have never faced before. And so we have a lot of projects to look at how we strengthen the workforce, how we get individuals um, into the ECE workforce. We want to hear directly from those. So we'll do a task force. Uh, also, of course, put some financial incentives in place. Um, and then, you know, of course, we'll have some other initiatives, uh, some of them that will be more research to really look at $2 billion and how it impacted the child care industry um, in our state. And one that's really interesting, um, and I, I can't wait to talk about it, is um, looking at what we're calling business partnership grants. We hear a lot about families um, that may work non-traditional hours. Um, and so we hope that we can work with some of those businesses that employ those types of employees that work non-traditional hours and what their needs are for child care. So we can see what works in Georgia. There's a lot of models out there nationally, but um, this will give us a chance to work directly with businesses to see what those needs are for those uh, employees that have, you know, may work a, a shift during the middle of the night and need child care at that time. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Looking forward to that. Elizabeth, I always assume that uh, on one of these podcasts, someone out there is going to be hearing this for the very first time. They're going to go, wow, I didn't know that I could have financial assistance from the state of Georgia for quality child care. If uh, folks are listening, they want more information on the CAPS program, where should they go? They can go to um, the Georgia Gateway website, and that's www dot gateway dot ga dot gov and on that website they can apply for not only our caps program and child care assistance how and, and they can also apply for the supp supplemental nutrition assistance program for um, temporary assistance for needy families for um, medical assistance um, programs, as well as for WIC, our Women, Infant, and Children program. And then if they want more information about the CAPS program specifically, um, they can go to our CAPS website, which is www.caps.decal.ga.gov. 
Very good. Always interesting to learn more about the CAPS program and the great news that we have for you uh, today. As we said, we're going to uh, be covering more of the plan. So stay tuned to Decal Download for future episodes covering support for child care providers, the ECE workforce, and other groups. And of course, if you have a question about the plan that we're not covering in one of these podcasts, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us uh, an email at decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. That's decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Now, what are your questions for Commissioner Jacobs? Let's go to the water cooler. Hello, I am Michelle Garris, and I work for Child Care Services, and I live up in Hawassi, Georgia. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is what should families do if they have concerns about a child care program in Georgia? Well, hi, Michelle, and thank you for your question. Uh, we are always um, ask anyone that has a complaint or concern about a child care program to definitely call us. They have two ways of con- uh, connecting with us. One is you can call us uh, in child care services, which is 404-657-5562, or you can email us with information at ccscomplaints at decal.ga.gov. So there are two pretty simple ways and we're always available to take your call and then we'll enter that into our system and investigate as necessary. And I'm pretty sure you can remain anonymous if you if you want to. Is that correct? You can. You can rena- rena- remain anonymous. That is definitely an option. Although I will say it definitely helps if we um, can call you back and ask you some questions because obviously you have some firsthand knowledge. Um, our complaint division does an amazing job of investigating um, each and every one of these. Um, and you would, you would think they work for the GBI. Um, mm. they're, they're very detailed. They, they really follow a strict protocol. And so you can remain anonymous, but it's always helpful if we can call you back since you are the reporter. And one other thing that we might want to point out, any um, allegations of uh, where the law has been broken, any, any criminal uh, allegations, they're handled by the local law enforcement authorities. And we really investigate whether or not any of our rules and regulations, child care rules and regulations in Georgia have been violated in any way. Exactly. That is we have to stay within our jurisdiction, as we like to call it, which you're right, are our CCS licensing rules. Uh, We let law enforcement do any type of, you know, anything that's been broken as far as the law goes. And then, of course, we also work with uh, the Division of Family and Children's Services because they would go in and um, investigate any type of um, child maltreatment or anything that could occur like that. So we all kind of have our different roles and our different jurisdiction, work well together and respect each other's process. But we can only look and see if any of our rules were violated. Right. You can always start with us. We notify the other authorities that need to be involved uh, every time. Uh, But uh, keep those numbers handy just in case you have any concerns. Yes. You've heard the podcast. Now a chance for you to win a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers we received to this question. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. You could win a nice prize from the World of Coca-Cola Museum, Wild Adventures Theme Park in Valdosta, Waffle House, Shake Shack, The School Box, Georgia Lottery, Georgia Aquarium, or Chick-fil-A. Here's the question. How much money did we say Georgia has received for early care and education in response to COVID-19? How much money did we say Georgia has received for early care and education 
in response to COVID-19. Send your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. You could be a winner. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for listening to the Decal Download Podcast. The Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning improves outcomes for children and families by strengthening early learning experiences and partnership with early education programs, professionals, stakeholders, families, and communities. Their vision is that every child in Georgia will have equal access to high-quality early care and education. For more information, visit their website at decal.ga.gov. Join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.